Well, this uh, this is an image that uh, that I won't soon forget, um, and and I, in some ways I'm I'm thankful uh, because uh, after the the song at, at the beginning uh, or during the announcements, uh, I got all of my ugly tears out then. <laughs> <laughs> And if I hadn't, uh, they'd be coming out right now. <laughs> um, and, and also, just I, I suppose a, a disclaimer for, for any guests with us today. Um, if you're put off by either uh, crying pastors or Beatles one-offs, um, <laughs> come back next week. <laughs> um, and, and, and neither of those things will be present. <laughs> um, I, I have to say, this is probably no, it's not probably. This has uh, definitely been the most difficult sermon to prepare for. Um, because uh, coming up with, with what would be kind of my, my last words uh, from this position has been really, really challenging. Um, it's, it's difficult, uh, steeped in, in a lot of emotions. And, uh, and I think that there's a lot that I wish that I could say. Um, oh gosh, <laughs> that I know I won't be able to say. Um, and, and so really, I, I think I kind of found myself thinking, you know, what is, is sort of that last simple thing that, that I'd want to, to leave uh, this community of people that I love so much, uh, this community of people that is that's been with us in ministry, uh, that's been a part of our family, our family, oh gosh, that's been a part of our family, that's been with us in, in times of joy uh, as we've celebrated children, um, that's been with us In moments of pain, when we've said goodbye to loved ones and family members and, and church members here that, that we've all shared a love for, and so I think the best that I thought I could do is think of what is that text of scripture that describes how I feel about this place. <laughs> and so the, the reading that, uh, that came to mind immediately for me was Philippians chapter 2. Paul writes, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, 
any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. Complete my joy by being of the same of the same mind. <sighs> Having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So as Paul writes to the, to the Philippian church, writing from prison, writing to this community that he has this deep affection for, he begins with this sort of rhetorical move saying, if there is any of these things, any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, right? And, and anyone reading this letter should think to themselves, well, certainly there are these things, Well then, if that's the case, Paul says, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Paul's call here to this church that he loves so dearly is to be united. To embody that, that oneness that we enjoy in Jesus. And the way that, that, that Paul says that, that this is lived out is, is really comes from one thing. It comes from humility. Verse 3, he says, do nothing. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul warns against selfishness, selfish ambition, and, and conceit, a.k.a. pride, because those things, they, they destroy unity. Anytime that we are filled with pride, anytime that, that we are filled with, with what we want and what we need first, more than what our neighbor, more than what our brother or sister in Christ needs, that destroys unity. Because each of us is fixated on ourselves rather than the body. But rather, he says, in humility, count one another more significant than yourselves. And this humility, he says, is lived out by looking not only to your own interests, not only to what, to what we want, to what we think is best, but to look to the interests of others. It is this humility that unites this humility that leads us into that oneness that our God has in mind for us. And he calls us to have this mind, verse 5, have this mind among yourselves. And he says that this mind is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God 
the Father. This humility that Paul calls the Philippian church to, this humility that Paul calls us as the body of Christ to, is perfectly exemplified by our Savior Jesus. Jesus, even though he was God, at the right hand of the Father from all eternity, even though he was God, he did not count his equality with God a, a thing to be grasped, a thing to strive for, a thing to assert for himself. Even though he was all those things, he was never driven by pride. His entire earthly ministry is the embodiment of true and perfect humility. Emptying himself, taking on human form, becoming born in the likeness of men and becoming obedient even to death, even a shameful death on a Roman cross. Jesus perfectly exemplifies this humility and he exemplifies it for you and for me. He exemplifies it by giving himself on our behalf. And as Paul goes through, through this sort of hymn of praise to Jesus, note that he says at the very end that it is precisely because of this humility, this emptying of himself, this willingness to go to the cross, it is precisely because of those things, not in spite of that, that Jesus is exalted. It is because of that that he is given this name that is above every name. It is because of his humility that every knee will bow before him, that every tongue will confess that he is Lord. This is what Paul has to say about the God that we worship. Is that our God is humble. Our God is a God who is constantly putting others first, who is constantly putting his creation first, constantly putting his people first, constantly asking, what can I do to empty myself for creation? Even a wayward creation, even a rebellious creation, God is always asking, how can I put them first? How can I give myself for them? And we are most like this God when we do the same. The God that we worship is a God who is humble, who puts others first, and we are most like Him when we do the same. And I say this today, and, and the reason that, that I feel like these words are, are appropriate as, as I leave this day is because I believe that that is what Lamb of God has always been about. That Lamb of God ha has never been about me and, and the things that I do when I, when I stand up in front and am very visible in ministry, but Lamb of God in its entire existence has been a church that is about putting one another first. Lamb of God is a church that is built around this Jesus who has offered himself for us and strives to reflect him to one another. It is about humble servants that God has called to himself through the blood of our Savior Jesus who strive to put each other first. 
who in humility strive to count one another more important than themselves. This is what this church has been since the moment I got here. And this is, I pray, what this church will continue to be. And not just this church, but all of God's church throughout the world. That it would be a church that seeks to reflect the God who is humble and who puts others first. Matthew chapter 20. Jesus is is speaking to his disciples and this is where Peter and or not, excuse me, not Peter, uh, but, but where James and John, uh, their mother comes up to Jesus and she has this request. You know, Let my son sit at your right hand and at your left. And, and Jesus is like, I don't know if you know what you're asking. And she says, are they able to, to drink the cup that I drink? And, and they say, yes, Lord, we're able. And though he promises them that they will drink this cup, he says that, that for this right hand and, and his left In his glory, that has already been established. And and when Jesus says this, the rest of the disciples, they get kind of angry. That James and John are kind of being given this sort of preferred status. Like, hey, what about us? And Jesus responds, he says, Do you want to know what it means to be great in the kingdom? In the way that God does things, to to be first, what's to do this? He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. What does it mean to be great? What does it mean to be first in the kingdom? It is those who serve that are considered great. It is those who who empty themselves like Christ has emptied himself. It is those who are willing to be last. Those who are willing to become slaves are those who Jesus calls first in the kingdom. We don't achieve it by by grasping for for status or or recognition in the church, but we achieve it by humbling ourselves, by emptying ourselves. Because after all, even our Lord Jesus, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. You see, when the church becomes about just about me, about individuals, we actually end up sort of reversing and and destroying the very foundation we're founded on. Because the very foundation that we are founded on, that foundation, that rock that is Jesus Christ himself, is one whose identity is wrapped up in humility, in counting others more important than himself. And when we're driven by pride, when we're driven by what, what we, what I want, when we're driven just by, by individuals seeking after praise, we become divided over, over our pride and our selfishness. 
And, and how do I know this? Well, well, partly because most of the New Testament is written because of people doing that. Countless times, Paul is reminding the church of the way that Christ reflects humility. Read all through 1 Corinthians how, how Paul is constantly reminding them that it's not about who you follow or who has what gift, but it's about that one Lord, that one faith, that one baptism that we have been welcomed into. And because of that, we are called to be a people of humility. But I know that pride also destroys the church because I've seen with my own eyes what unites it. That's why I'm going to miss this place so deeply. Because what I've seen here for, for the last four or so years is a community of people constantly seeking to give themselves away to the work of the church. People willingly laying down their time, their money, their resources, their gifts of every kind to see this place thrive. I see it in people who, who will shake their heads if I mention their names and they'll get mad at me. And even though they're going to get mad at me, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> because it's my last day and I get to. But I see it in, in, in people like, like Barb Larson, who's here week after week after week doing our bookkeeping and, and making sure that, that Pastor Brad and I don't get in trouble or accidentally commit fraud or something like that. <laughs> I see it in Mike Larson showing up to fix all kinds of things, sometimes even things that don't need to be fixed. <laughs> I, I see it in, in people, the, the Christ Cares team, every single Sunday outside handing out food and coffee to people in need. I see it in people who never once bat an eye about members of our church going into the clubs on Lake City Way, but always asking, what can I give? How can I help? What can I bake? What do these women need? I see it in people who, who willingly come early to, to greet, to pass out bulletins, to usher, to give of their time to serve as elders and, and on our MLT. Time and time again, I see people willingly giving of themselves, willingly counting others more important themselves. I see it in, in groups of women coming and, and working their fingers to the bone, tying quilts at Bonnie's direction. That's what this church is about. Because Christ continues to dwell in this place's midst. Because the Spirit is still here, because God's gifts are still here, I know and I trust that it will continue to be about that in the future. Because this, this place was never about me. It was never about me receiving some kind of recognition or praise, but this church has always been about Christ and those humble and willing servants that He has called to Himself in this place. And so I guess the, the last thing that I would like to say to you all is just keep going. Keep serving. In humility, keep counting one another as more important than yourselves.
keep considering the needs of others. Because when you do, you become a reminder of the one who is in your midst. When we serve, we remind one another and we remind the world around us of the one who came not to be served, but to serve. We remind one another of the one who emptied himself and took on the form of a servant. When we serve, we remind, the, we remind one another of the one who went to the cross for us so that we would not be lost, so that we would not be cursed, so that we would not be separated from our God. When we, when we serve one another, we remind each other of the one who's always been at the center of the church. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen?